and welcome to the Creative Christians Chat Show. I'm Brendan Conboy, the dog in the pod. This show is bursting with creative stories, ideas and inspiration with a Christian perspective. So let's get on with the show. And today I've got another very special guest. This is episode 10. We're in double figures. And um, so the person that that I've I've got on the show today, she lives in Manchester, but she comes from Scotland. And uh, she's an author, a blogger, had an incredible journey to make her who she is today, to make her the, the woman that she is today. And I would say that She's a great advocate for broken people. And uh, we've been looking at broken people and and listening to broken people. So it's great to have Fiona Miles on the show with us today. Hello, Fiona. Hi there, Brendan. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's always my pleasure to have people on the show. So how do we just just say to the listeners how we know each other, first of all? Um, We know each other through the um, Association of Christian Writers uh, Facebook group. That's that's where we kind of virtually met. (laughs) Yeah, we're giving many plugs for the ACW on this podcast (laughs) at the moment. So, yeah, and and we've chatted a bit. And and you've uh, you've published a couple of books, which we will be chatting about later. Uh, But we're currently in a series of... uh, creative in brokenness and uh, you know I keep saying I've been so humbled and uh, and often well in tears with some of the stories that mm-hmm. I've heard and uh, and I think yours will will give me that same feeling because of what I already know just on the surface um, so um, let's, before we get stuck into that though you're a Christian I'm a Christian. This is the creative Christian. We're both creatives. This is the creative yeah. Christian chat show. But what does it mean to you to be a Christian? And why is it so important in your creativity? I think for me, um, with, with the creativity side of, of my life, um, the importance of being a Christian is that the things that I do, you know, um, like my writing, I have you know, spent a lot of time praying over the books. Whenever the books come, I pray over the books and I pray that they go into the right hands because my books can be read by Christians and that's fine, it will encourage, you know, but mainly I desire for my books to go out into the community where people can read about, you know, the brokenness and how I managed to get through that brokenness and that's through the love of Jesus Christ so it's an evangelistic tool really for me these books Um, and I also do I design stuff as well so that's always with a sort of a positive you know outlook kind of thing you know like cups with positive slogans and and scriptural slogans and stuff like that. I often find that uh, writers aren't just writers they do all (laughs) of other creative things and we're all creative and a lot of people don't realize that we're we're made in God's image God is the creator therefore we're all creators and Mm. but your creativity uh, if I'm right I think has come out of quite a dark place hasn't it Um, Mm -hmm. and so you were born in Scotland you grew up in Scotland only just (laughs) 
<laughs> Only just in Scotland. I was uh, on the borders. <laughs> well, you've got, a, you've got a great Scottish accent there. So. <laughs> and so what was growing up like for you as a child? Um, growing up for me was fairly difficult because um, uh, my second book is about being adopted. It's called This Is Me, I'm Adopted. Yeah. Um, and I was told I was adopted from a very young age, but the first inkling I got of it sort of sinking in was when I was about six. Right. And um, it sort of from there I started to realise it was different, you know, and, and why did my real mum not want me, you know? Um, and then I was also, um, it, it was also explained to me that I had an older sister who had been kept by my natural parent, which didn't help with the feelings of not being wanted and why me and, and all the rest of it. So it kind of bred a culture of rejection, abandonment, yeah. not fitting in and all the rest of it that a lot of adoptees feel those feelings. You know, I wasn't alone in feeling that. I felt very alone at the time, but since looking into it, I realised it's, it's fairly normal. Yeah, that sounds like uh, the fact that you were given away and your sister was kept. It's almost like saying you're you're not good enough. You're absolutely. You know, you're yeah. rejected. You're seconds. I'm sending you back to the shop. That's awful. That really yeah. is. So, so you ended up with uh, an adopt adopt. What what do, you, what do they call it? A, I was, well, as an adoptive family, I was, you know, I was adopted. And right. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, you know, if anybody asks me, my parents were the parents I was brought up with. Yeah. Because the lady that gave me away, she she, she never parented me. So, you yeah. know, she, she's, um, she's my birth mum. Yeah, biological mother. But your real mum is that person that you developed oh, yeah. the relationship with. Yeah. The one that bought <laughs> you the typewriter. Yes, she's that very lazy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so once you were adopted, what was that like growing up? Um, growing up, it was, I mean, I had a fairly normal, stable childhood with um, my father was in the prison service, my mother was a head teacher, and I had an older brother and a younger sister who were their own children. So I was kind of in the middle and adopted, which right. you know, didn't didn't make for a, a you know an ideal circumstance so I kind of rebelled against the whole thing you know and, yeah. and I brought my parents some real um heartache you know because I wasn't coping you know yeah. and I was very angry yeah. and I did everything I could to make them send me away you know yeah. so back to my real mum which I thought was the case which you know yeah. as a child your your understanding isn't the same you know, and as an adult, I'm like, thank God they didn't send me back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've heard very similar stories. Uh, I was in youth work, so I come across that story very often. Uh, yeah. I've just realised I forgot to pray for you. And, and okay. uh, you know, before we get stuck into the other stuff, which uh, is a lot darker uh, than, you know, I think it's good to pray. Lord, Lord, I thank you for Fiona and for her, her story that, that she's lived, the journey that she's been through, that she's about to share with us, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that the words that she speaks, Lord, will be heard by people that need to hear it. Lord, that this podcast will go out and, 
and it will be you speaking through her. And the people that hear this will hear you speaking. Lord, I pray for a blessing and anointing on the words that she speaks. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you. All right, so your, your first book uh, mm. called This Is Me as well. Yeah, No Darkness Too Deep, that one is. <laughs> yeah, so that, that subtitle says it all, really, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Really, um, as, I, as I've gone into um, my teenage years, things have just escalated, really. And um, I'm, I'm just now not able to manage my emotions at all. And I'm causing utter chaos at home. Um, my mum and dad were just fed up with me. They tried everything. I was, e I was even taken to a psychiatrist because I'd had some really um, unusual behaviour during the night. I couldn't sleep at night. And, um, you know, I'd, I'd actually tried to um, kill my little sister in the night. Um, just with the, the, with the thoughts of, um, well, they might like me more if she's not there. Uh, just obviously just really messed up really messed up child, messed up teenager. Thankfully, you know, I didn't, you know, she didn't, I didn't kill her or anything, but <laughs> the, the psychiatrists had put, given my mum and dad um, diazepam to put in my dinner at night, um, which I, I knew nothing about that <laughs> until I was an adult. My mum told me when I was 18 that that's what had been prescribed, so to speak, you know, yeah, to help wonderful me. stuff. <laughs> Yeah, and then they wondered why I ended up a drug addict. I'm like, okay, it have been your fault, Mum. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I went off into the wide world and um, jumped from one job to the other. I was just, I wasn't good at managing situations or people and I kept getting thrown out of living jobs just with the temper I had and whatever. And uh, eventually I went off to London at 17 to be a nanny, of all things. Back in those <laughs> days, you could go and be a living nanny. You were wow. just a living dog's body, really. <laughs> so, so, but what age did you start using, let's say, harder drugs? I would say probably around um, 18. 18. Okay, so you, you wanted to yeah. be a nanny before you were on the hard yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I was probably at 17, I was probably just smoking weed and drinking. yeah. yeah. Um, and but being in London introduced me to so many different people and different situations. And I I come from a very small village, you know, a very small place in Scotland, and I didn't have a clue really about you know the the sort of harder side of life, yeah. you know. So yeah, I got kind of sucked into all that. Um, ended up in a hostel, you know, living in there with all sorts of crazy people. And this um, girl, she introduced me to. Um, some other sort of men and whatever and they um, got me into a flat and began uh, then began my journey of being used as a prostitute in a flat um, which you know in a way you know in my head I was thinking right okay this is pretty bad but you know it's it's somewhere to stay you know and and, and you know these people are looking after me I don't have to buy anything or whatever you know, they were making sure I had everything I needed, drug-wise, alcohol-wise, and whatever. But you know, at, at some point, I realised this is—I don't want. This is not what I want to do because it was getting to a point where more and more people were being brought to the flat, and I—you know—I wasn't. I just didn't want to do it. So I, I managed to get out of the flat and just ran for my life, really, wow. into another completely ridiculous situation. But I seemed to, from that age, go from one 
awful set of circumstances to another. You know, I was living with an older man. He was violent. You know, I got married thinking that was going to be, you know, wonderful. And it wasn't. He was a drinker. He was violent. It, you know, and it was just car crashing from one horrible situation to the next. Um, and, you know, in, in, a, in the mid, just before I got married, I'd ended up living in a, another hostel with a, a man who, I mean, he had me locked in the room and um, he wanted to kill me. Um, there's, you know, I just have been through some really horrible. And the thing about that situation with that particular guy was the hostel I was living in was this awful thing full of rooms and full of crazy people. But there was no um, there was no cleaners. I'd never seen a cleaner in there ever, you know, because yeah. I'd lived in it before. Yeah. But for some reason, this and, and he'd got us a room at the very top so that nobody would know what was going on. And um, a cleaner, a, it was a red-haired lady. Lady opened the door in a green, you know, like a green overall thing. Yeah. And I remember thinking, where did she come from? And she opened the door, and I was like, I'm out. That's me. I'm gone. You know, and I, I took off out that door as fast oh, as my legs could take me. So you were locked in until she opened the door? Yeah, he, yeah. he had the keys and he would go out and do his thing and then he yeah. would come back and open yeah. the door and, you know, whatever I was getting done to me, I was getting done to me, you know. So you were being used, you were a sex slave, basically. Yeah, with him and, and he was and fairly violent as well. Yeah. He, you know, he used Did, to strangle me and stuff. Yeah, wow. Wow. Uh, did you become violent because of the violence? Yeah, I, I would say after my second, my first marriage, in my second marriage, I ended up being the one that was pretty awful, yeah. you know, because I was kind of in a place where, you know, the anger from childhood, you know, and, and through everything that happened, had got into such a, you know, a, a, a maelstrom of rage, you know, but nobody was going to, um, do that to me again, you know. So it, it, the tables kind of turned, and my second marriage, you know, wasn't great either. But you know, we were both on drugs. We were both drinking. Yeah. He wasn't an angel either, but he didn't deserve <laughs> half of what I put him through. But um, yeah, yeah, it's a very, very common story. Uh, but it's your story, and it sounds yeah. like a sounds like a a very, very painful story. Yeah, I was very pain. I went, I went through an awful lot of pain. I, I was very broken for a long yeah. time, you know, very broken and not really. Uh, like my first book actually starts with me. I'd got, I was 22 and I'd just got to the point where I couldn't really take anymore and I was about to throw myself off a uh, 21 story flats. I mean, I actually yeah. did sit on the balcony and I did push myself off, but because I was so drunk, I fell back in <laughs> to the balcony and I wasn't dead at all, but never mind. <laughs> wow, so the booze saved your life on that occasion. <laughs> yeah, in a way, yeah. <laughs> or, was it, or was it God that made you fall that way? You, you know, well, that's the sentence of it wonder. was that divine intervention, who yeah. knows? Yeah. <laughs> You're listening to the Dog in the Pod chat show, a show for creative Christians, Created by creative Christians. If you are a creative Christian, then why not get in touch and come on the show? You mentioned the word broken there, and uh, it's a it's a horrible place to be in in brokenness. And 
you know, you, you were probably suffering from depression as well during all of that. It just messes people up completely. And but but good has come out of it, hasn't it? When did when yeah. did, when did you start turning the corner? Um, I started turning the corner when I was twenty nine. Um, just a, a series of events had happened, and I was kind of in a place where I thought, oh, I can't be doing with this anymore, you know. Um, and uh, there was a girl had moved in across the road. We we lived in a really horrible street where all the people that were selling drugs and taking drugs lived in Scotland. And this lady had moved in, and we were we all noticed her because she wasn't like us, you know. She was she was a straight goer, as we called her, you know. Um, and she was just a bit different, you know. And she came round the doors with a clean easy book. I don't know if anybody remembers the clean easy yeah. catalog. <laughs> and I, I remember thinking, "Are you off your head coming round the doors in this street with a clean easy book?" You know. Yeah. But this, you know, she was actually a Christian. Right. And she had actually gone to the council and asked for a, a flat in that street because uh-huh. she wanted to pray, you know, yeah. and, 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 and do what she could in that street. And my windows were opposite her windows. So she'd seen me, you know, coming out, covering blood, getting arrested and all the rest of it. <laughs> and so she had began praying directly into, uh, you know, our windows. Yeah. So um, long story short, I got to a point where I just knew that something had to change. And she was coming up the road I saw her walking up the road and I pulled up my window and I shouted out at her and I said, hear you. I said, do you go to a church? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's every Christian's dream question, isn't it? And, and she was like, yeah, yeah. And So she came up, you know, and she was talking to me and I just was explaining all things that had happened and I, and I felt like I needed something, something had to change and whatever. And she said, well, come along. And I went along and, you know, I gave my heart to the Lord Jesus Christ you know, in, wow. in, in that sort of season. And um, from there, he's done all the hard work, really. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it's him that changes us. And, um, and yeah. cha- you, be, you get used in a different way. You were being used as a, as a prostitute, and now God uses us in a completely different way. But... To use the word used is perhaps not right because he gives us choice as well. I'd love you to go and do this for me, but it's up to you if you want to do it. That's how God works, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. What an incredible story. Um, What do you do you ever have anybody say to you when you tell your story, telling telling a story like that, you, you set yourself up as to be vulnerable. I've done it. Yeah. I know. Okay. My story is a vulnerable story as well. Uh, and when you sp- speak out your story, tell people your story, do you ever have anybody say, that's really brave of you to do that? Yeah, you do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And what, definitely. What, what, what do you say when they say that? Well, I suppose for me, it's, um, I suppose for anybody to write their whole story, you know, warts and all, so to speak, um, it is fairly brave, you know, because as well, the second half of my first book talks about my journey as a Christian, which hasn't been perfect either, you know. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I think, you know, in, on both senses, you know, I've had people from the church saying, oh, I never knew this, that, and the next thing. And 
you know, I haven't been someone over the years, I've been a Christian for 26 years now, so I haven't, I've not really given testimony as such from the stage because I'm quite a shy person. So um, this is fairly new to me to be bringing all this out. So, right. yeah, I've had that. And I, I don't feel like I'm brave. I feel like, you know, I'm on a mission, really, yeah. because I believe that God asked me to write this story for this the simple you know, reason to bring people to him, you yeah. know, and, and so that's why, um, you know, I've, I've, I've been so honest and raw, you know, and funny, you know, some people have, in the reviews have said it's funny. I'm like, well, what's funny about it? But, you know, <laughs> there are some comedy moments. <laughs> yeah, you can bring humour into dark situations, I think. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Peter, when he stepped out of the boat, when Jesus said, come to me, you know, people could say to Jesus, after, to Peter afterwards, that was brave. But really, uh, it was obedient. It was mm -hmm. obedient, yeah. wasn't it? Uh, and uh, when you get up and speak, and I, I would like to think that you'd speak out your story a lot more. Uh, I'm starting now, yeah. It's, it's obedience. It's obedience yeah. to, to what God asks us to do. Asks us, not tells us. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, is there anything else we need to talk about that, that you want <laughs> to, to say that I've not brought up? Um, I, I think really just um, for anybody listening as well, if you know if you have a story, then if you are able to, you know, to 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 write your story down, you know, and try and get your story out there, because for me. This has been very cathartic. It's been very healing. It's been very, I, I had no idea just how much it would um, strengthen me, actually, in getting it all written down and getting it out there, you know. Mm. And, 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 you know, that first, the first time a review came on Amazon, I nearly fainted because I was convinced people would hate it because I'm a fairly, you know, I'm a fairly pessimistic personality. So, to see good reviews and people enjoying the book and some of the reviews are from non-Christians as well that have read it. So for me to see the reviews from non-Christians saying that, you know, they enjoyed the book and whatever and they may not have a faith as such, but they enjoyed the book. I'm like, well, you still heard about what Jesus Christ can do. So that's, yeah. you know, ching, that's a win for me, you know. Yeah, it's inspirational. When you yeah. write, when you write your story down, it's inspirational. Whether it's Christian or not, Christians reading mm -hmm. it. Uh, I started writing because my mum started to write a book. When she died, we found it. It was like the first chapter of a book, and yeah, you know, she mm -hmm. didn't she didn't complete it, but I read it and it inspired me. Uh, and and for anybody listening to this, you know, if you've got a, a we've all got a story, so write it down and start to inspire other people. So, I mean, you've just said what you would say to somebody uh, to be able to get creative. Um, you know, you'd encourage people yeah. to, to write their own story down. Uh, There's creativity in us all. I think we do have <laughs> that creative edge within us. Because for me, I wouldn't have known I was able to write. No. You know, it's not something, you know, I kind of, but it seemed to be, easy to do and you know now I'm writing novels that yeah. are kind of on the darker side of uh, the human nature you know jealousy bitterness 
you know, yeah. and all that. But <laughs> Christian books, because yeah. of bringing it round to these characters, will see the error of their ways and, you know, how they got to be in that place where they feel those strong feelings, you know, as discussed, and then how they managed to overcome them yeah. as well, because we all, you know, as human beings, struggle with the darker sides of our personalities, you know, and, and our human nature. Yeah. What, so the future for you is to write more books then, I guess. And, yeah, definitely. And, yeah. And to get I'm also, I'm, I've also made a, a course for adoptees as well. A course? Because my, my heart and passion is for adoptees to come to terms with these feelings that, that we suffer from. And so I have a, a four-part course that should be ready to launch in March um, to, just to literally walk people through you know, the, the rejection, abandonment, the jealousy, bitterness, the anger, and then a 30-minute one-to-one with me, which is a massive thing that only God is going to give me the strength to do because yeah. in my own strength, I would never be able to. Oh, that's to incredible. That. But I, my, my heart for the adoptee, I yeah. have to do it, you know. Yeah, God places these burdens on our hearts, doesn't he? And yeah. yeah, if you don't if you don't follow through with them, they just become a heavier burden. <laughs> so. I know, I know, and I need to, I do need to just do it and get over myself and my yeah. own, you know, shyness and whatever. And the more times I do things like this, you know, and and, and other things, I spoke to a group of um, a friendship group this week as well, which was live, you know, in person. Yeah. And it, it went so well and people were so kind and none of them were Christians. And it was absolutely marvellous <laughs> to be speaking to non-Christians for yeah. me. Yeah. Great. Yeah, I've, I've done the same and, and I've had people become Christians afterwards. And that yeah. is, that's the amazing thing. So, yeah. So I want to pray for you. Well, thank you first for coming on the show because um, you know, to share your story is an incredible story uh, from such a dark existence to such a, an amazing place now to be a helping and, and writing what, that f- programme for adoptees. That is incredible. And I just pray now that, that God will bless all that you're doing, Fiona. And Lord, I pray that, that you will equip Fiona with a, with a tongue to be able to speak out uh, Lord she's doing some of that now but I just pray Lord that you would use her in a much mightier way a much bigger way Lord that you will uh, that you will give her the skills that she needs to be able to to take this story out and for it to go to the places that it needs to be go to and to be heard by the people that need to hear it I just pray now for anybody listening to this Lord that if they've got similar stories that um, a similar story to Fiona's Lord, that they might be moved and touched and, and that it might actually help to move them forward. Lord, and I pray you'll, you'll continue to use Fiona to help people, especially adoptees, Lord. I, I see that as her ministry and, and I just pray for her ministry, Lord, that you would bless her and her family and everything that she does in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Find out more about Fiona Miles at fionamilesauthor.com. Miles is spelt with a Y.
Thank you for listening to the Creative Christians Chat Show. It's been great having you here with me today. Don't forget to share this podcast with your friends. I'm Brendan Conboy and you can find me at brendanconboy.co.uk where you can buy me a cup of coffee if you like to support me and my creative work. Follow me also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and YouTube. For now though, God bless and goodbye.